Do you want an amazing marriage? Are you ready to take your marriage to the next level? Then stick around for your Marriage Matters podcast with Marriage Coach Lynn. Let's put some fun and sizzle into your relationship. I'm a fan of a Christian psychologist who's done wonderful work and written many good books over the years. His name is Gary Chapman, and we're going to spend six episodes on some of his books. The first one we'll start off with is his most well-known book, which has sold over 8 million copies and is titled The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. When the book was first published in 1992, the subtitle was How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. I'll describe the five love languages and you'll see why they're important to know. The more we know about ourselves and our partner, the better off we are. And the more we feel comfortable revealing ourselves to our partner creates greater likelihood for intimacy. What then follows is a greater likelihood we will have better communication. In other words, knowledge is power. Observation is power. Communicating from a point of understanding is power. Communicating from a position of not being afraid to share our vulnerabilities is power. Revealing ourselves with all of our imperfections is power. We want to tell and show our mate what it is we desire and dream about, what makes us happy, what we feel passionate about, and what our goals are, and what our fears are. We want to build trust and comfort, and this builds intimacy. On the subject of communication, communication is not just talking with each other, solving disagreements and conflict, or discussing important matters. Communication is a communion of two souls. It's true listening, true understanding, and true caring. It's not just hearing your partner tell you something, but it's integrating what is heartfelt. Full communication means responding genuinely to your partner's concerns, desires, and fears. Communication is more than a behavioral skill. It's an emotional involvement. How can we fully communicate with our spouse? One way is to know their love language. Gary Chapman describes five primary love languages and says that most of us prefer one over the other, but of course, we are all a blend of various love languages. We speak a primary love language, but we have secondary languages. The five languages include words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. I hope you will make it a mission to discover your love language and your partner's and then to begin to speak your partner's language. If you like verbal compliments and words of encouragement, you might have a tendency towards words of affirmation. A partner who likes to receive affirming words is more apt to reciprocate and feel motivated by comforting praise, words of appreciation, and compliments. Encouragements require empathy, which is seeing the world from your spouse's perspective. First, learn what is important to your spouse if you don't already know. You should know their desires and their needs. Making requests rather than demands is very important with a person whose love language is words of affirmation. They notice verbal details. Word choice is important. Treat your partner with respect and reaffirm his or her work abilities, accomplishments, physical appearance. There is a deep need to feel appreciated and a words of affirmation person wants to hear good things. 
with your verbal communication. The second love language is quality time. Look into each other's eyes when you talk. Focused attention, not necessarily proximity. Togetherness is important to this person as well as quality conversation. This spouse would rather spend time with you on some outing for an anniversary rather than receiving an expensive gift. If you or your spouse lean towards quality time or physical touch, you might like to have my book, Re-Energize Your Marriage in 21 Days, where I provide activity ideas to draw you closer together. I noticed my son's love language was quality time when he was four or five years old, and I'd be on my computer. He would come in and talk to me. He came up to me, put my chin in his hands, and turned my face so that I would be looking into his eyes when he spoke. I understand quality time, and for my 25th anniversary, I wanted to spend the day with my husband, riding our bikes 10 miles and going out to lunch on our bike ride. I also don't like talking about important matters while someone is looking on their phone or a screen. Divided attention. With people who favor quality time, listen for feelings, give them your attention, and try not to interrupt. For those who like receiving gifts, they equate love with gifts. My mother's love language was receiving gifts. She was generous with others and felt good about giving gifts to people. When she was older, she would get items on sale, fill her trunk, and deliver it to a homeless shelter or organization for needy people in the community. If your spouse likes to receive gifts, make a list of what they might like so throughout the month or year, you'll be ready to purchase little and big gifts. Although gifts are a visual symbol of love to this person, when your spouse is experiencing hardship or a crisis, your physical presence is a good gift. What's interesting is that we often give our partner what our love language is. If your spouse likes to receive gifts, he or she might feel comfortable giving gifts because he or she understands that language. If receiving gifts is not your primary love language, you can still show gratitude as you receive. Over time, you and your partner can learn each other's love language and demonstrate what they would appreciate. Acts of service. Is this your love language? This spouse likes doing things or having things done around the house. Keep up with the household projects. Make a list of things to do. They envision one of their days off filled with things that can be done around the house. Remember, requests give direction to love, but demands stop the flow of love. What we do before marriage is an indication of what we will do after marriage. Our actions are influenced by the model of our parents, our own personality, and our perceptions of love, our emotions, needs, and desires. People tend to criticize their spouse most loudly in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. Their criticism is an ineffective way of pleading for love. If we understand that, it may help us process their criticism in a more productive manner. Criticism often needs clarification. I also think of forgiveness. It's easier for us to forgive someone because oftentimes they misbehave or mistreat us based on a place of brokenness or weakness from their end. I want to repeat what I said a minute ago. People tend to criticize their spouse most loudly in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. Their criticism is 
an ineffective way of pleading for love. The fifth love language that Chapman says is often preferred by men is physical touch. Yes, we can think of sex in this category, but it also means touching, a touch on the arm, cuddling, hugging, the need to reach out and touch and be touched. This is one of my love languages and not necessarily my husband's. I have a need to touch him, physically verify his presence, sort of. I'm also kinesthetic and love to be outside interacting with nature, whether it's swimming, walking, riding my bike, camping, just being outside for a few hours a day. One of the best decisions my husband and I made when our fifth child was born was to purchase a king-size bed. We invited the kids to gather and cuddle on the bed, usually later at night or in the morning if they wanted. Many great conversations and laughter took place when some of us were snuggling together. I still meet with some of my kids on our bed when they visit for conversation and closeness. In fact, I think physical touch with your children is a way to validate and affirm them in healthy ways. I recommend the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. What is your primary love language? What makes you feel most loved by your spouse? What do you desire above all else? Or, if that's too hard to answer, look at the negative use of love languages. What does your spouse do or say, or fail to do or say, that hurts you deeply? What do you request most from your spouse? That's probably your love language. I've heard many people say that love should come naturally. My spouse knows I love him or her, so why do I have to go out of my way to accommodate? What I want to remind people is that love is a choice. Love is a verb that requires intention, attention, and action. And think about this. When an action doesn't come naturally to you, it is a greater expression of love. I hope you get satisfaction out of bringing love to your spouse. It's not about pleasing yourself or being the recipient of love. Paying attention and giving to your spouse will create a foundation of greater love and a greater love relationship. If you enjoyed this or other shows, please take a few moments to write a review and give a rating of this podcast. Join me on Facebook on my page, Marriage Coach Lynn. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I'm the author of Re-Energize Your Marriage in 21 Days, which is available on Amazon.com and Smashwords.com. Until next week, make your marriage great.